Oh, did you guys see Emily's getting got proposed to? I'm happy for her. I think that boy proposed to her, Jacob. I've met, he's been here a couple of times with her. Um, I think he's one of the actors down there at, at Shepherd the Hills. I, if I mean, I need, I'd like to go and see Emily. Emily's a good performer, actress. She's, she's a good vocalist, too. Yeah, and that, you know, that's the way it happens a lot of times. Our daughter graduated like that in, uh, in May, and then in, this was 2021, and then in November she got married. They usually don't take very long after they do that. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing this morning? Happy New Year. Y'all y'all ready to praise the Lord with a little song right quick before we get down to some good preaching? We're going to start off on page 30, um, I Shall Not Be Moved. Hey, I want to say real quick, thank you all for all the cards, the phone calls, the all the supportiveness you guys did with me while I was going through this surgery, it really meant a lot. Um, you guys overwhelmed me with what all you guys offer to do and help to do and everything. But um, just want to know, let you all know, thank you. So we'll go ahead and get started here. I shall not be moved. Page 30. Planted by the waters, Lord, I 
I trust him ever, I shall not be moved. He will fail me never, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters, Lord, I shall not be moved. Singer, y'all, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters, Lord, I shall not be moved. Good job singing out there, y'all. Let's turn to page 53. Try a little standing on the promises. Standing on the promises of Christ thy King. Though eternal ages let his praises ring, glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of Christ my Savior, standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises that cannot fail When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail By the living word of God I shall prevail Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Promises of Christ my Savior standing, standing. 
This is what hydrocodones do to y'all. Standing on the promises. I must have needed to sing that one again. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of Christ my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Now we'll do that last verse. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listen every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior out all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Good job singing out there, y'all. I'll get through a couple of these songs in a little bit. I'm trying to blame it on drugs, but I quit taking them a while back, so I don't know what this is. Larry, listen, why don't you get up here and give me some relief? <laughs> yeah, you sure can. Whatever you need to do. All right, yeah. Is it good to see this guy back up here, too? Yeah. Big hand for this band. All right. We appreciate them. Welcome to a new year and welcome home to Sock River Cowboy Church. Glad to have you all. Yeah. Speaking of bands, though, how many of you were here Thursday night? Wow. That's all I can say is wow. What a what a fifth Thursday night sing that was. It was amazing. Bob Lovett and Red Letter Edition. That's going to be very hard. Let's just have them back again. Okay, we'll do that too. All right. Any first-time visitors? I know we have one. I've been visiting with her here. She's behind her head down. Now, we're not going to embarrass you and everything. But she was amazed at how many of you folks took time to come over her and welcome her to Cowboy Church. And that's what we should do every time with visitors and each other and everything else. So uh, you make sure you stop by and visit her before she leaves here, too, and welcome her back, too. Any other visitors, first-time visitors? Right back here? Over here. Yeah. You got one over here, too? 
Nope, right here, okay. Let me see your hand, the first-time visitor. Oh, I see you right there. Okay, good. You folks make her feel welcome, too. Don't let them get out of here without feeling welcome at Cowboy Church, all right? All right, uh, everything we have going on in January is in our Bunkhouse Gazette newsletter on the table back there. Uh, it's ready for you to pick up, or you can go to SoccerRiverCowboyChurch.com or our new smartphone app. Uh, and, but I do have a few reminders for you, too. I've got to take a few here, you know. Children's Church going on across the parking lot here. Don't forget that. And i got to remind you, the children's Christmas program that got canceled, they're going to do it uh, next Sunday. It's rescheduled for next Sunday at 1 o'clock right after this service, okay? Uh, now, if you've got kids that are going to be in that, please let uh, Tammy know if your child will not be there so they can try to fill in the space or whatever. And you can give Tammy a call at 417-861-8922. Her phone number's in the directory also. There is so much in that directory. I don't know what I'm even up here doing this for. It's all there. We love hearing you. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, let's see. We're ready to okay. No youth meeting tonight, but they do want me to tell you about their On a Mission to Serve Others Youth Fundraiser Chili Dinner on Sunday, January 29th, a few weeks away at 5 p.m. right here at the event center. They're asking for any items you would like to donate for their silent auction, as well as pies for the silent auction. Okay? I'll bid on pies. I will. Especially uh, Kathy's back there. I'll bid on hers. (laughs) So, ladies, talk to Mike Blaine or Tammy Green about donating items for the auction. That is all in the January newsletter, and you'll read more about it there. Also, information about the ARC mission is in the newsletter. They're going to have a meeting Saturday, Saturday, January 14th, 2 p.m., right here at the event center about how they're going to plan all that out and if you'd like to be a part of that and what you can do too. All right? Circle of Sisters is tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Is it right here or over there? Over there, Education Building, the stables next door over there. All right. Any birthdays this week? I do know of one birthday who didn't tell us about two weeks ago, but we're going to embarrass him now. Ted Adams had a birthday a couple weeks ago and didn't let anybody know, so make sure you let him know that we know he had a happy birthday. How many other birthdays? Birthdays, birthdays. Right here? Yeah, there you go. Right here? This one right here. That's right. Yeah. Right back here? Four, he's 14 now, huh? Wow. Yeah. One back here, too. Right here, too. Okay. Back here, too. There's several birthdays. All right, how about anniversaries? Got anniversary. Oh, I know somebody that does. Judy Dennis has a 60th birthday today. She's not including Jack in on that, but they have a 60th anniversary today, so give them a hand too, all right? Yeah. Any, right, for putting up with Jack. Judy deserves a crown in heaven. <laughs> all right. Any other anniversaries? Did I miss anybody? Just Jack and Jiro here? Sorry, didn't get that one. All right. Okay. You ready to sing to them? Yeah, I am so. <laughs> just a little slow, guys. Um, let me try. Happy birthday to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy birthday and anniversary. Happy birthday and anniversary to you and many more. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> there you go. All right. 
Something to think about real quick. We'll get back to this band. 2023, as most years, is a block of time that consists of 12 months, 52 weeks, 365 days, 8,760 hours, 525,600 minutes, and 31,536,000 seconds. Wow. Wore me out, too. All this, folks, all this time is a gift from God, given equally to each and every one of us. Young or old, rich or poor, strong or weak, educated or not, every man, woman, and child has the same 24 hours per day. Time is one of God's most precious gifts to us. There's no way to slow it down, turn it off, or adjust it. Time marches on. You cannot bring back time. Once it is gone, it is gone. We waste it, we misuse it, we worry about it. Now, I had some other parts to talk about in that, but a lady handed me a poem today that I scratched that out and put this because it's really good. And it had to do with time, too. It's called Take Time. Take time to think. It is the source of power. Take time to read. It is the foundation of wisdom. Take time to play. It is the secret of staying young. Take time to be quiet. It is the opportunity to seek God. Take time to be aware. It is the opportunity to help others. Take time to love and be loved. It is God's greatest gift. Take time to laugh. It is the music of the soul. Take time to be friendly. It is the road to happiness. Take time to dream. It is what the future is made of. Take time to pray. It is the greatest power on earth. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That verse pertains to a lot of things in life. Remember, remember it as you strive to make more time with God in 2023. Would you lead us in prayer, sir? Dear Heavenly Father, as we start in on this new year, may we just continue to follow you, to put you first in our lives, and may everything that we do be testament of you. May we continue to be a loving church, a caring church, and we just hold it all to you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. I I would like to ask that you remember uh, Raymond Stanton in your prayers this week. Uh, He's going through many issues right now. They're putting in a pacemaker, and it's critical, so he needs your prayers. Scotty and Gail, keep them in your prayers. Denny and Sandy, there are so many. Uh, I'm on the prayer list like Mark is, and wow, every, (laughs) every hour it seems like there's a prayer. We need to lift up in prayer. So be in prayer for this church. This is our family. Be in prayer for them. All right. Um, God bless America. God bless this church. God bless all of you. And put everything in 2023 in God's hands. Okay? Larry, we sure do appreciate you, buddy. You know, any of y'all, I think it's in the newsletter, but any of y'all that want to get on that prayer list, I've got it on my phone. You just get a text. Um, If you're wanting to get involved in that, that's a good thing to get involved in. Um, We're going to turn to page 21. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. What a wonderful, wonderful day 
singing out there, y'all. We've got some special music heading your way. Uh, Clyde and Alice. Clyde and Al- Are you here today, Clyde and Alice? Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> See, that's what I get for listening to the preacher. He's down here feeding me this stuff. <laughs> See, I'll drag you right down with me. <laughs> Not here? Okay. You guys want to do one? 
Hold on a second. We'll just do one. You all, we don't do a special very often, so here. Here's one you guys know. Or kind of. What's the matter? Well, hang on a second. No turning back. Key of D. She gets me turned on. Is that weird? May have a battery going bad. All right, we're going to try this. This is a song called No Turning Back. We're going to. Probably never heard it before, but it's kind of hang. It's pretty simple. Nothing too crazy in it. We're going to give this a try. If I mess it up, oh well. I was a cowboy at the crossroads of tomorrow. Just a stone throw from heaven or hell, I didn't know. Hey, I made a right turn at the right hand of the Father. I chose a straight and narrow path, no turning back. No turning back. Soul to Jesus. No turning back, I'd seen the comfort of His love. Hey, I was a fool to think I could make it without Him. He's my rock, He's my friend. No turning back. Hey, I spent a lifetime full of heartache, sin, and sorrow. What I thought was the good times Left me with pain and misery Now I'm living a new day Living a new way Thank the Father Brand new man With a brand new plan No turning back No turning back I gave my heart and soul to Jesus No turning back I was a fool to think I could make it without him. He's my rock, he's my friend, no turning back. He's my friend, no 
job this this band um, got to brag on them a little bit we just kind of throw stuff together like this and let it happen that's a song we have been known to do over the years a couple of times our bass player it's his favorite song i think come on up here but we we enjoyed doing it so when you don't come in for your special see this is what's going to happen so make sure you come in i'll tell you what i was thinking while i was down there how really really good that was and maybe we need to get Jeff on one of those fifth Thursday nights. I don't know. You might, you might get disappointed. <laughs> we do it, Start planning on it. We do. I'll give you the date. That was good stuff. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Good job, guys. No turning back. Felt the comfort of his love. Help me out, Jeff. Would you hold on to that? This is hooked right let's, there. Let's do this. Well, how did I get so tangled up? There, how's that? Uh-oh. $1,500 hearing aids. Just went... Uh-oh. <laughs> there you go, son. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Nobody's come to buy, you know, billboard space lately, so. All right. Anyway, so if we do get Jeff, then you guys are going to come on Thursday night and support him, right? All right. Because that was good. I really enjoyed that. And one thing about Cowboy Church is the people really like that country western sound, and I really like that. So anyway, I want to pass along some information about Pastor Scotty and Gail. They've gone back home. He's telling me that Medicare is really helping out, doing really well. The state's helping them. It's been very difficult uh, transition. First couple weeks have been really challenging. He did say that Gail is available for short visits. So call first. Keep the visit short. But you got to call because he said their dance schedule is pretty full, huh? But our pastor, I believe that he would be back. I'm going to fill in at this time uh, through January 15th. So I'll be doing the Thursday night and the Sunday through January 15th. Now, you all haven't run me and Sandy out yet. Today marks our one-year anniversary here. So so anyway, and uh, but anyway, God's good. And, and I want you to find Matthew chapter 7. Verse 24 through 29 will be our text, the reading out of the Bible today. That's Matthew chapter 7, first gospel, first book of the New Testament, chapter, 20, uh, chapter 7, verse 24 through 29. The title of the message is something I really want you to get, and I want to try to reiterate it throughout this course of the sermon, and I want you to take it home with you, and I want you to live with it. The title of the message is, The House That Jesus Built. Now, the word house is a metaphor for life. In this text, for instance, as I read it, you're going to hear the word house, but it's actually a metaphor for life. So the life that Jesus built, the house that Jesus built, is the title of the message. Now, as I was thinking about this, I'm a baseball fan. I grew up crazy, just crazy about baseball. Bill White, you may not remember him, but he was my favorite cardinal, Bill White. 
He was actually president of the National League for a while. But I loved, I really liked Bill White. Then Willie McGee. And I, by the way, I have a PSA 10 card of his autographed rookie card. <laughs> Number 51, he's a great ball player. I just loved Willie McGee. Got an autographed ball by Willie McGee. I won't tell you where it is because you can try to steal it now, aren't you? No. But I, I do like baseball. And as I was thinking about this message, I thought of a phrase, the house that Ruth built. If you're a baseball fan, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's Babe Ruth, arguably the greatest baseball player ever to live and is ever going to live. Now, I, would, I argued that for a while because I thought Ty Cobb was better. But Ruth, by far, is better than any baseball player. Look at his statistics. Look at his percentages. He's the greatest. Now, the thing about Ruth is the house that he built. When we went to New York recently, I was saying, boy, I wish I could see the house that Ruth built. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but it's demolished. It's been tore down. It was Yankee Stadium. By the way, the first ballpark to be called a stadium was 1923 when they, they had their first game. Yankee Stadium, three-tiered stadium, first one of its kind. First time any ballpark had a warning track. That was Yankee Stadium. That opening day, April 18th, 1923, who was born then? Nobody. <laughs> uh, 75,000 people packed in that stadium. 25,000 had to be turned away because of Babe Ruth, the house that Ruth built. But you know, it was demolished in 2009, and now there's just a park there. But I'm here to tell you something. The house that Jesus builds will not be demolished. The house that Jesus build, builds will stand eternally. I put this, it'll stand the tests of life. It'll stand the trials of life. It'll stand the troubles of life. It'll stand out in the good days. It'll stand out in the bad days. The house that Jesus built is the only house that can do that. I heard a pastor say recently, I thought this was really important. If we say that Christianity is the only true religion, then all other religions are lies. I thought I'd get an amen on that. Because that's the truth. They're all lies. But anyway, here's some problems I think we deal with as Christians, and especially in building, cutting corners. That means cutting costs, doing things the cheap way. My brother-in-law, Danny Gold. Hi, Danny. I hope that you're able to listen today. When we were building our building out in Ozark, one of the contractors was trying to persuade me to not put down a vapor barrier. And he was giving me all the good thing, all the money I'd save, and nobody'd ever know. And you know, and I, I called up Danny. I said, what, "What do you say?" He goes, "Put down the vapor barrier." Don't want to cut corners because when you cut corners, it's going to show up. But that's we we might do that in our faith, cutting corners, not really doing what the Word of God says, not adhering to the the beckoning and the provoking of the Holy Spirit. We cut corners, and then we find ourselves apt to not stand very firm. There's one other thing I think it's ignoring building codes. I've been I've been down that road. You don't want to do it. And the building codes that, that God gives us are found in His Word. The building codes, how we build these lives that do stand the test, how Jesus builds our house, and how it is the house that Jesus built by following the building codes. Now, here's what God wants. He wants you to be the house that Jesus built. I believe that with all my heart. And Jesus wants us to be that house. And here in this text that we're looking at is the culmination and the final words to the most brilliant, best delivered sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is calling people to a decision, to a choice. He first says that 
You choose a narrow road or the broad road. You can have that choice. And that puts you in a, in a group of the people that are going to find life, if you find it, or the people that find destruction in the broad way. So you have a, Jesus says you have a choice. And then he goes, you know, uh, people are doing works and ministry in my name, I, but I really never knew you. And so here you'll see the very first word in the text, verse 24, is therefore. And that therefore is there because Jesus is going to teach us how we can know him and how we can stand firm because of our knowledge and our relationship with him. We can be the house that Jesus built. We can stand. We can get through those trials. We can get through those troubles. We can see our marriages get in better shape. We can see our relationship with our neighbors get in better shape. We can even go through our work, work life and be encouraged at, by what's going on there. Anybody's ever had trouble at work, join the club because I've had it. So here, I'm going to give you three words before I read after the word therefore. Three words that I want you to observe as I read the text that they might fit in. One is location. We know in real estate it's all about location, location, location. Don't let them fool you. It is. Who wants to buy a house across from a cemetery? Not me. Uh-uh. And I'm not superstitious, but I ain't living across from no cemetery. I remember the realtor showed us that. He said, we got a, we got a house to show you. It was on Jefferson Street, I think it was, and over by Milk Park. I said, honey, I, I ain't even going in there because look what's right there. I'm sorry, I've made somebody mad. (laughs) Anyway, that's just me personally. (laughs) What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, the words. Location, action. There's There's a primary life principle found in this text, primary principle that we want to practice. And you'll see it. See it. You'll see it. You'll see if if we don't practice it, what happens? Your house is going to collapse. And then I've got the third word, which is vision. And you'll see how Jesus paints a picture of victory or paints a picture of failure. Which one do you want? Do you want to be the house that Jesus built? Do you want to be that house that even though we're going to go through life, in 2023 we're going to have our ups and our downs, our highs and our lows, our ebbs and our flows, to be that house that can sustain those storms when they come and beat against your window, when they come and beat against your house, try and take your roof off, but it's not going anywhere because Jesus built it. That's the house I want for me, and that's the house I want for you. So here I'm going to read the text. Remember those three words I gave you and try to observe where they are in the text? Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, and that's in relation to the whole sermon, the crowds, the throng, the mass, were amazed or astonished at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority, or your Bible might say power, and not as their teachers of the law. No, he was teaching them how he could build a house for them, a life for them, a life that would be a life that's forgiven, a life that 
experiences God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's patience, God's compassion, the house that Jesus built. Now, on looking for the location, you see where he says that the wise man built his house on the rock. Well, that's looking for the foundation. Now, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us back in Luke chapter 6, oh, I think it's verse 46 through 48. And he tells this story, but he adds something to it. He talks about the man who dug down deep to find the rock. You see, we live in a world of muck. I mean, muck, mud, I mean, religious muck everywhere. And the enemy uses denominational differences. He's using anything he can to bring us into disagreement where people that are God's calling are just flat out confused about what this is all about. And so we want to help people dig down deep and find the rock, truly find what it's all about. The foundation of living is simply putting your faith in Jesus Christ that he died for you, a wretched sinner. That's, that's a simple faith in that you believe that God sent His Son, born of a virgin, walked among us, never sinned, but He knows how we feel. He knows our hurts. He knows our hopes. He knows our anxieties. He knows our troubles. But then He went to the cross. He had to because of our sin. And sin is, leads to death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life in Christ Jesus, a house that stands. And then he ascended to the right hand of the throne of God after he was crucified, died for our sins, interceding for our behalf, sending the Holy Spirit. Once you have that faith in the rock, once you place the faith in the rock, something's happened. Because, you see, every foundation has to have something very important. It's called the founding rock or the cornerstone. Cornerstones are essential. They line the whole building up What if you didn't use a cornerstone? You're going to get out of line. You're going to be like my privacy fence in my backyard on King Street. It went like this. I'm not much of a builder. Ask Sandy about my ranch-style doghouse. It had a flat roof, and rain would, you know. The the only thing good about that is that underneath the doghouse, I'd come out and pick it up every now and then, my dog J.C. and Scotty, uh, there were they would, the mice would eat their food, and so there was always a bunch of mice under the doghouse. And I'd lift it up, and old JC would go after them. He hear crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah, location, location. <laughs> dig deep. Now, what are we digging? We dig in the Word. That we want to build on the rock. We've got our chief cornerstone there, Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter two, verse twenty, He is the chief cornerstone. He, everything lines up to Him. Everything I think, every action I take, every word I speak, if we could make it just line up with the chief cornerstone, we'll be building that house of glory to God. Amazing, cool, interesting. The chief cornerstone. We have the blueprints right here. We have the codes right here. So remember this. If you've really placed your faith in Jesus as a chief cornerstone, then He's going to be building your house square. Now, I want to talk about the second thing. I've talked about location and how you can find it simply by faith. 
and that Jesus is the chief cornerstone now and everything's going to line up to him. By the way, cornerstones were good for not just lining things up, but bearing the load, weight load. Also for putting time capsules in. But I don't know how that pertains to this. Okay, so now we're looking at action and the practicing the primary principle where Jesus says you've got two people, the wise one that hears the word and practices it or the foolish one that hears the word and doesn't do it, ignores it. James talked about this in chapter 1, verse 22. Don't just be hearers, but be doers of the word of God. What's the primary principle? Obedience. Obey God's word. Do it. You know what really grieves my heart is, is if we would, we know the golden rule. We know it. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Ah, that's in the Sermon on the Mount. We know it. We say it. We hear it. But I'll be honest with you. Why do we have troubles? Why do we have difficulties in relations? Because we don't do it. We might find ourselves gossiping or slandering or bad-mouthing or just being impatient. That's my problem. I am just like wired 240 million. So impatient. Let me be patient. Let me be kind. Let me treat others at that moment how I would want to be treated. I'm telling you what, that's the action that Jesus is telling us to take. Take the actions of the chief cornerstone. Take the actions of the location. You put your faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, Him alive, Him risen from the dead. Take the action of that location and start putting it into practice. Practice it. Do it. Jesus says this about obedience. And I want to share this with you because I want to help you. I want to help myself. I want to be that house that Jesus built. The house that Jesus built. The life that Jesus built. The one that that makes it through when that wind comes and those storms come. And, you know, back in 2004, there was a tornado came through Battlefield. And we lived on Aspen Street. It was kind of scary, but we knew our oldest son was at his friend's house in the basement. So it was me and Sandy and Evan. And we were tracking the storm. It was coming from Pierce City and it was coming right for Battlefield. And I hate to admit it, but I'm doing, I'm outside in the front porch going, Stupid, isn't it? Get in, take shelter. <laughs> I, got, I, I finally, finally went in the bathroom with the rest with Sandy and my youngest boy Evan. And I looked at Evan. He's he's got these pillows on him. I said, Evan, are you praying? He goes, What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> Listen to the word of God. Now listen, I want to talk about this obedience. Jesus says this, if you love me, keep my commands. Now here's the problem. How do I love you? The Bible says this, that we love God because he first loved us. We have to think on that love and how he loved us. Oh, how he loved you. Oh, how he loved me. That he, I know I'm a sinner, I know it, and I know I'm not deserving. I know that I can't come before God on my own. There's a great gulf. The wages of sin is death. 
We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. I know that. And so with Jesus now, if I think about what he has done for me personally, that I can stand eternally. I can stand in the presence of God eternally. Of course, we won't be standing. Most will be down on their knees going, oh, Lord, thank you. And we think on that great love that he expressed for us, and something happens to us. We, we start developing a type of love. It's maybe even provoked by obligation. The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1 that I'm obligated to preach the gospel. I have to. And so we're obligated. We have to honor God. We, that's why you come on Sundays. You have to worship God. You have to seek God. And that's, a, that's the love that's coming out of your thinking, your pensating, that thinking deeply on the love of God, that he, how He loved you. And so you develop that love and you, you want to start doing what He says. As a child, remember when you wanted to please a parent and you wanted you know, to do what they said? You did it happily and, and doing what they said. Pretty soon you grew up, though, and you started doing what they didn't say to do. So, Here's what else Jesus adds to this. This is very important in the action part. Talked about location, talking about action. <clears throat> and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or counselor to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. By your location you now have divine intervention. And that divine intervention is going to help you take action. Man, that's good. Be the house that Jesus built. Okay, let me finish this. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows, nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And when you do something you know goes against what the chief cornerstone says, you get convicted. And you, and that's, you know, when we think conviction is a negative word, but really in our faith, it's a very positive word because it's God guiding us and directing us, convicting us, leading us. So praise the Lord when you get convicted, but do what he says. Practice the primary principle. Practice it. All right. So a couple more problems with this. I think I've talked about the hearing and not doing and the golden rule, but there's one more problem. And it's, I call it with not taking, when we don't take action, it's called the Pontius Pilate escape route. When Jesus was meeting with Pontius Pilate the day that he was sentenced to crucifixion, Jesus said, you know, well, I'm the truth. And Pontius Pilate said, what is truth? I've got news for you. That's the way a lot of people think today. What is truth? My own truth. My own believism. That's what it is. It's my truth. What is truth? Whatever's right. I hate that when people say that. What are you going to do? Well, what, just go ahead. Do whatever's right. You know what my pet peeve is? People that they want me to do as they say, but they don't do what they say they do. I, don't, I, don't, I can't hardly stand that. Then there's one other problem in this action thing. It's skewed theology. It really, theology means the study of God's Word, but initially what it first meant was just how we think about God. How we're thinking, we're thinking he's distant? We think he's difficult? Do we think he's judgmental? Do we think he's just loving? We have a skewed mentality of who God really is because we, do, we haven't been taking action of lining ourselves up with the cornerstone through the scriptures. And so therefore we have a skewed idea of who God is. And so the more that we stand on the word of God, the more we know the way of God. And here's what I, for instance, 
God is love. Some people put a period right there. But we oughtn't do that. Here's something you're not going to like. God is love and God is a consuming fire. We've got to take the whole counsel of God together. Be in the action to really come to know God Almighty. And then you develop a reverence and an awe and a holy fear, a reverence of God, how great thou art. Man, then you start taking, you can't wait to please him. You want to obey his word, even if it's going to cost you. And it's today it's very costly. I'll tell you one thing that I've seen happen is a lot of us will hide our Christianity when we go out into the world. School teachers are afraid to have a Bible on their desk. Have you forgotten your constitutional rights? As a, as a supervisor or a manager in business, I had my Bible. I don't care. They didn't come and take it. Not yet. But we're afraid we're going to lose something. Well, man, I'm telling you what, we might lose something. We might lose our country unless we start taking action. So, so what do I do with this, on this action? Well, be a gopher. Not this kind of gopher. <laughs> but the, the kind in building. You, the, the main worker has to have a do-flunky. That's not a bad word, is it? <laughs> a gopher. Go for this, go for that, go for this. But let me tell you how this works in the action. This is true discipleship making. When you have some... My dad, for instance, would do this. He'd work on the car. And he'd be working on it. And I'd be watching him, me and Rick. And Dad'd say, hey, go get me a flathead screwdriver. Get that flathead. We'd bring it back and give it to him. And we'd watch him. And then pretty soon Dad would say, hey, get under here. And take that flathead and turn this right here. See what we're doing? And he'd let us do it. Pretty soon my dad's dead, and here I am. And I'm going, hey, son, bring me a Phillips screwdriver. You see, what, you see how that works? It works the same way in our faith. You watch why I do. I watch why you do. Others watch when you do. That's confusing, but think about it. All right? I'm not going to say it again because I probably couldn't get through it. <laughs> Let's take money. Let's take bets on it right now because I'm going to try it. You watch while I do. I watch while you do. Others watch when you do. That's discipleship. Now, that's taking the action and your influence of the house that Jesus built. Now, the third thing I have is vision. And, and we see the vision that Jesus is casting for these folks, the invitation of a house that stands in the storm. And those people saw storms back then, friends. They didn't have running hot and cold water. They didn't have indoor water. They didn't have indoor toilets. The other day, it was 30 below windshield. I could see you running out to the toilet outside. You could save water that way, I guess. But. There's a story in the Bible, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's found in Daniel chapter 3. You ought to read it if you haven't ever read it. Daniel chapter 3, Old Testament. And these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. The king, a foreign king, was, had passed an edict that everybody, when they heard this music, they had to bow down to the king. Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would not bow to the king. They would not honor that king because they had a different king, and they said so. They said, you know what? We're, we're not going to do that. We're going to stand 
on our faith in our God. And He can deliver us from this fire, but even if He doesn't want to, we're still going to stick with Him. So the king got mad enough and had the furnace that he had built to kill people, had it cranked up seven times as hot as it ever been. And he had picked his biggest, baddest henchmen to take up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up to the entrance of the, fly, the furnace. And these guys, they died, man, from the heat, just like that. I think the last one got a chance to kick in Meshach, and Meshach hit Abednego, and Abednego hit uh, the other guy, Shadrach. So there's three of them in the fire, and the king's watching. And you, if you don't know the story, it's one of the greatest stories ever. But it goes with the vision that God's given us to build this house that stands. There's three kings. Wait, wasn't there three that went into the fire? But there's a fourth man in the fire. Looks like the son of God. Jesus, he shows up in the fire with you. He shows up in the storms. You got a storm going on? Maybe you just came out of the storm, just come out of the storm. Or you're in one now. You can trust if you placed your faith on that foundation and then found that location. And you want to line your life up and you're taking the actions of obedience to have that vision of standing the storm that Jesus gives you. No matter the rain, the wind, the floods, no matter what it is, you're going to stand the storm. Your marriage will stand the storm. Your finances will stand the storm. Your fear will be dispelled. Joy will enter the front door. Jesus will have built your house. What a wonderful thing. The Bible says this. A couple things I want to add before I close. And I got a full 30 minutes in today. Thank you, Jeff. On this vision, I want you to think about this too. Have the vision of being the person God designed you to be. Did everybody hear me on that? I want you to think about this. Because if you're a believer, God designed you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knits you together in your mother's womb. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's worksmanship. It's craftsmanship. You think God's the best builder ever? Huh? Wait a minute. Nobody can match his craftsmanship. He's God. There's no blemish. There's no error. There's no failure. It's perfection. We're God's worksmanship. Created, the Bible says, in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God, let me see. Let me see. Let me see what you want me to do. Let me see the work you've created me to be. Let me see that craftsmanship, God, in my life. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, I want to be the house that you built. Be the house that Jesus built. Stand the storms, but it takes a response to his call. Jesus, as he went through, he would call people to follow him. Come, follow me. That means be one of my party. Adhere to my teachings. Make me the chief cornerstone. Come, follow me. I can do that all day long, all night long for eternity. And here's the promise. I will make you. He'll transform your life and He will make you a house that stands. Do you know Him? Is He calling you to follow? Let's pray. Lord, if anybody's wanting to call on you, you know that they can't resist it and all they got to do is just say, Jesus, be my rock. That's it.
Be my rock. So help us, Lord. Help us, each and every one of us, to come to our rock, to rely on the chief cornerstone, to practice the primary principle, and to see that person you've designed us to be. We want to see that. Oh, Lord, there's so much to thank you for. And I thank you for so many things. Thank you for how you're always working ahead of us. We can count on you. We can depend on you. But I think also you have so many problems, promises, I'm sorry, Father, that you make us and how we can pray and agree in prayer. Some things I want to agree in prayer for would be a revival. Something I, I want to agree in prayer with these people is a loved one we may know or a neighbor or a family member that's lost, that doesn't know Jesus. Pray for their salvation. And Father, what else could I pray about? Oh, I pray for the wickedness to be stamped out in this world. I pray even this, Jesus, come, come quickly. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, Mark. We always enjoy your sermons and appreciate you so much. Thank you, brother. You know, the things we gain just by coming to church and listening to the gospel being opened up and taught to us. Um, just amazes me. I'm going to try standing up. I need to stretch my leg out. Again, thank you guys for the prayers, um, the phone calls, everything. I'm We're going to turn to page 31 in the garden. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear Falling on my ear The Son of God disclosed Father, we just thank you for everything you do. We come to you loving you, worshiping you. Lord, may we just continue to follow you in everything you do. May we open our Bibles up and read them this week. May we learn more and more and more as we prosper on as going through this world. Um, Lord, we just wish you to continue to care for us and thank you for another new year. We ask all in your name, Lord. Amen.